Hello, welcome back to another episode of Practical Nutrition. I'm Sarah. I'm Cassie. I'm Alex. And I'm Amanda. And today we are talking about the psychology behind social eating. And Alex and I were kind of just talking about briefly how we've had a lot of interactions with some of our clients lately about stress around social eating. Um, Can we go out to eat? Do we need to bring our own food? So we're going to kind of talk about the psychology behind social eating and then give you guys some tips and tricks to think about whenever you are participating in social eating and even how you can be social without eating because you can do that too. (laughs) And so when you think about healthy eating, it can certainly pose a challenge when you're around specific people or specific places. And, you know, just think about the last time you went out with your friends and family. Did you make choices that were in line with your healthy life? lifestyle goals. If you didn't, did you beat yourself up about it? Did you restrict afterwards? Those are all things that we like to talk about with clients because we want you to have freedom with food, but we still want you all to be able to meet the goals that you want to meet. And we do know that eating behavior is strongly influenced by social context, and we tend to, as humans, eat differently when we're with other people compared to when we eat alone. And that's kind of the psychology that we'll talk about today. And our dietary choices also tend to reflect similarities with those that we surround ourselves with, especially when we're eating together. And so given that, I definitely think it's important to understand how and why who we dine with really does affect how we eat. And we as professionals, as dietitians that work with clients, we understand how hard it can be to make healthy choices when you're around certain people or in a specific social setting. And this doesn't mean that you can't ever be in social settings ever again. Absolutely not. We, we want you to think about balance. And so we're going to give you some strategies to think about and use um, those to set yourself up for success when participating in a social gathering. So let's talk about how social eating can affect your healthy lifestyle journey according to research. And Alex is going to dive into that for us. We are always getting that research. You know us at Practical Nutrition. So in 2019, the University of Birmingham evaluated 42 studies and found that people eating with others ate up to 48% more food than eating by themselves. Interesting. Yeah. And is. I feel like, I mean, I don't, I haven't looked at the, that study particularly, but I'm wondering if it's like being social and just not really realizing mm-hmm. it and not necessarily being mindful yeah. or maybe like the choices are on the table. So that's interesting to me. And if you were to break that down, if you were eating alone, that'd be around 500 calories. But if you were eating out, that's about 740 calories. So big difference there, about 48% more. So think about this. There are 3,500 calories and one pound of fat. If you were to eat out five times a week, that could potentially be an excess of 1,200 calories extra per week, which is approximately a third pound weight gain, 4,800 calories extra per month, which is approximately one and a fourth pound weight gain, and 57,600 calories extra per year, which is approximately 16 and a half pound weight gain. So extremely generic approximation, but just helps put things into perspective, which is very interesting. And I think depending on your lifestyle too, eating out can definitely be very normal based on you know your lifestyle. And so sometimes that is something that we need to make goals related to for clients. However, we still, and that's what we'll talk about today, we still want you to have freedom with you know social eating. Sometimes we just, yeah, we do need to address that because it can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Cassie, give us some more facts about some research. 
social eating does have a powerful effect on increasing food intake relative to eating alone. We saw that. So those results were only seen when the company was closely acquainted with the diner, close friends, family, potentially co potentially coworkers, and not with those who dined together that did not know each other well. People want to convey positive impressions to strangers. <laughs> so when you get more comfortable with people, then you're more yourself, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Um, they concluded that choosing smaller portions may be a mean of doing so, and this might be why the social facilitation of eating is less pronounced among groups of strangers. What we choose to eat and how much to eat some seems to be based on the type of impression that we want to convey about ourselves. And I know, I mean, I'm guilty of that oh, yeah. as far yeah. as, you know, and, and mine, I think sometimes as dietitians, I don't know if, if you girls have the same experiences. I think people are automatically like watching, okay, what is she going to yep. eat? You know, and yes. so, and if you're trying to convey like, oh, um, I'm a, you don't have to be worried around me. I'm fun. I'm normal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, sometimes that makes you want to maybe not order the most healthy thing on the menu, you know, yeah. or I'm going to get something besides a salad, you know? Yeah. Well, because then people will be like, well, I'm going to have what she's, I'll have what she's having. Yeah, yeah exactly. we could potentially <laughs> set the norm because yes. we're looked at yes. as, you know, healthy individuals. Right. However, maybe we don't want to get a salad when we yeah. go I'll go out and get a burger and fries occasionally, yes. and they're like, oh, I'm going to have that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Occasionally, right. moderation. Yes, yes. and yeah. that is true. It's very interesting being a dietitian and eating with people. Yes. Um, if they invite us, you yeah. know. so often they don't. You know. so, yep. But yeah, um, so um, but this also may be seen when women eat with men that they are trying to impress, and for people with obesity who want to prevent judgment from overeating. So there is a lot there, and I know you know I've seen that. I've, I've experienced that as well. A study found that women ate less in mixed gender groups than when with other women and men ate more in mixed groups. So women were probably following the stereotypical norm that women eat lightly or less than men and men maybe were also following the stereotypical norm. So I uh, was being, you know, more manly to, to eat yeah. um, a little bit more. So very interesting. Yeah. And I think just understanding like what other people do also can just help to kind of normalize your habits and realize that you're probably not the only person thinking this way or choosing to act this way. So, all right. Amanda is going to tell us why uh, social eating is different typically than eating alone. Yeah, so the people around us provide a guide or a norm for appropriate behavior. So you can think about kids. Most of their eating is just modeling the eating of their parents and peers. And the same is seen with adults in social settings, kind of like we just talked about. If we eat with someone who is eating a large amount, then we're likely to do the same and consume more than we would eat if we were dining alone. I know that's true for myself. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, we may eat less than usual if we think that eating a small amount will create a favorable or positive social impression. Also true sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Social norms might permit overeating with others, but look down upon when eating alone. In 2016, a study showed that those identifying as having poor self-control were more likely to follow eating habits of the people eating with them. Additionally, self-esteem and empathy were also associated with whether or not a diner modeled the eating of others surrounding them. Super interesting. And that's one thing that we like to work on with clients too, is just understanding more about yourself and why you may or may not act a certain way, especially in social settings, which can help us be more specific with goals and just, again, understanding why you're more apt to choose this over that or act a certain way. So 
Um, so that's a little bit about why some people may choose to eat more or less in social settings versus eating alone. Now we're gonna talk about kind of some tips and tricks to help you be successful if you are taking part of social eating because we don't want you to feel like you have to bring a salad with ground chicken and rice to a restaurant that you're trying to enjoy, you know, the social aspect of it because realistically, you're probably gonna be pointed at and be like, hmm, why are you eating different than us? This doesn't make sense. Is that what we have to do to be healthy? you know um, so let's let's talk about four different things that we want you to think about whenever you are going to participate in social eating so first and foremost try and have a plan and we've talked about planning especially around like holiday eating and other social gatherings and other podcasts um, but we'll just kind of throw some reminders at you. So first and foremost, it may be helpful to have a small helpful snack before you leave so you're not starving when you arrive. I know this is a goal I've worked on with some clients too, that social gatherings are a, a big part of their life. And sometimes people will just you know, not eat anything throughout the day because they know they're gonna wanna gorge or indulge at whatever social gathering they're going to. However, that's probably not the best way to approach it. So you may have you know, a fruit and some nuts or whatever helpful snack you enjoy just to make sure that you're not going into that setting starving and potentially putting you at risk for overeating. And people trying to like save up calories, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like they'll do that, not eat anything, and then be like, I'm going to just save my calories yeah. for this meal. We don't want you to do that. We don't want you to do that. <laughs> no. Um, and then additionally, try and socialize more than you eat. You Typically, people participate in social gatherings because they enjoy the company. And we want you to be more focused on socializing than what you're putting in your mouth, right? Because one night is not going to ruin whatever goals or whatever progress you've made. Um, and we do want you to get the benefit of being social, you know, increase your mood, give you positive feelings and things like that from interacting with people that make you a better person or that you like to be around. And then additionally, try and get an enjoyable workout in or take a walk before going out, especially like, well, not today because it's rainy, of course. I was gonna point out the weather. With the weather getting cooler, a walk is very satisfying, especially like, you know, three or four o'clock to go out, take a 20, 30 minute walk or do some sort of workout that you like just to get your metabolism going, you know, burn some extra calories and things like that. But don't use that as an excuse to then eat 500 more calories because your mm -hmm. Apple Watch told you you just burned 500 calories. There's a healthy balance we want clients to have with that. And then additionally, before you go out, if you are going in a setting where you're going to be drinking alcohol, try and set a goal for how much you want to have for yourself. Whether or not you follow through with that is on you, but hey, maybe just even thinking about setting a limit is, is a step in the right direction for you. And remember that alcohol does contain extra calories with very, very little nutrition that can add up quickly depending on the type of drink and how much you drink, obviously. And additionally, alcohol can increase hunger, which can, again, lead you to eat more. So it's <laughs> It's kind of a pattern that we don't necessarily want you to get in. And so things that we would recommend, and this is exactly what we recommended in our podcast about drinking and alcohol previously. So if you want more information on that, feel free to reference that. But typically healthier choices in terms of a lower calorie and lower added sugar would be dry white or red wine, dry champagne, light beer, liquor mixed with club soda and a splash of lime or lemon or another fruit that you enjoy, and then hard seltzers like White Claw or Truly. Those are alcoholic flavored sparkling waters. Um, and if you have more questions about that, just let us know. We know there's so much more to social eating than just the things that I listed out, but just thinking about how you can set yourself up beforehand can typically be helpful. And so now we're gonna talk about how we can be mindful and Amanda will dive into that for us. Yeah, so 
research shows that it takes about 20 minutes for your brain to realize that your stomach is full. So we want to eat slowly. And as you get closer towards the end of your food, you can keep assessing how full am I, how full am I. In college, I had a professor say that a sign of fullness is when you sigh. So you're like eating a meal, eating a meal, and then all of a sudden you'll be like, <sighs> and that's yeah. like a sign that you're full. Mm -hmm. So next time you're eating, pay, um, pay attention for that. And then also taking a mindful approach to help you slow your eating, focus on the people around you, the conversations and the relationships with those people that you're with. Absolutely. And then strategizing. If you're at a dinner party, think about where you are in relation to where the food is. You're probably less likely to go back for seconds and thirds if it's not right in front of your face. I'm definitely guilty of this. Um, I'm like, dang it. Um, we have a football Sunday at our house, and we get all kinds of appetizers and stuff. Um, definitely try to be mindful, but if you're sitting closest to the apps, it's really easy to just keep grabbing it and grabbing it. Um, so I think that's definitely true. Where you're sitting definitely makes a difference because um, I, I, that's funny. I, I've never really read it. I'm like, dang. Change. Yeah, people it probably is. don't think about that. Yeah. It sounds silly, but it can make a big difference. Yeah, I, that's so true. And then same thing, like if I get home from work and I'm making dinner and stuff and you're in the kitchen, it's really easy to grab and snack and that sort of thing. Um, if I make dinner and then go just do laundry or something else and then wait till my husband gets home, then it's much easier to do that. So that's just funny. Um, use a plate instead of grazing on appetizers. Easier to balance your plate and portion control this way. Um, so really it's easy to graze if you have all kinds of things like appetizers out. If you grab a plate and portion control and kind of see what's on your plate, trying to get fruits and veggies on there, then you're more likely to have a balanced meal. Um, before filling up your plate, try and scan what is available to allow yourself to save some room for helpful foods as well. So again, shooting for half your plate, fruits and veggies, um, kind of see what's available and then try to balance the, your plate the best you can. And sometimes you're not going to have fruits and veggies if you're going over to somebody's house um, unless you're bringing them with you. So just do the best you can with portion control and being mindful of your fullness cues like Amanda was talking about. Allowing yourself a fun food, dessert, a fun side dish that you enjoy is very important. Um, again, if you find yourself restricting, then a lot of the times we binge on things later. Um, so having that mindfulness whenever you do have a craving, having a little bit of that um, and satisfying that craving is important. If you're attending a potluck style get together, bring some fruit or veggies so you know you'll have a healthy option available. Very important. Um, I know there's lots of holidays and stuff coming up, so be the one that brings the salad or the fruit tray and making sure that you have that stuff available is important. And that way you're still able to semi-control what you have available while still enjoying the social part of it and enjoying all the dishes that everyone else brought as well. So Cassie, can we be social without eating? Yes, <laughs> we can. Um, and so there, there are ways to be social without eating. So you can think of other things besides eating at a restaurant or getting a drink with people um, to be social. So outdoor activities is one thing that is really fun. And we have lots of good things here in the Ozarks um, and lots of things in lots of areas. So we have a nature center, Dogwood Canyon, Haha Tonka State Park, Fantastic Caverns, Busick, Lake Springfield Park, kayaking you can go hiking I and mean, there's so many things that you can do um, and you can also just get together to work out with someone I know um, a lot of my clients have these kinds of issues where they want to work out but they don't have anyone to work out with and so if you meet people or know people you could ask them and say hey you want to meet me for a walk and then you might end up um, finding someone that you really connect with and that can be your kind of accountability partner mm -hmm. so um, some of my best friends I've ever found have been through exercise you know so yeah. it's one of those things that um, that you if you 
just ask people, there are probably other people that you know that also want to do that. They're just scared to ask. Yeah. So, uh, so that could be a good way to socialize, especially when you're busy. Uh, it's not like, you know, with, with two teenagers, I have a lot of time to socialize in a lot of ways. So that can be a way where you can connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, volunteer, that's another thing that you could get uh, together with your friends and go volunteer somewhere. Visit the zoo or aquarium. Um, I love the zoo, so it's so fun to walk mm-hmm. around. So, um, so that's a good one. Um, you can host a craft night or game night. Um, that's fun as well. And sometimes you can um, learn more about people and interact with people and get closer when you're doing an activity uh, versus eating when it's loud and you can't hear everything. Um, you can go shopping, get your nails done. You can't eat while you're getting your nails done. <laughs> so they will offer you drinks there possibly, but um, you can see a movie um, and then or go to a yoga class, uh, go to a sporting event. So uh, the options really are in, are limitless, and so and they don't always have to revolve around food. Although I do think that it's important to be okay with food being in a social setting, which is why we're talking about this because right, yeah. uh, that's part of uh, living a healthy lifestyle instead of just having these you know you can't do this, you can't do that, um, and ha- learning how to incorporate it and still be healthy and not feel like you have to be perfect. Yeah, and that's what we want everyone to understand because and we, you know we're upfront with clients too. This isn't something that you're going to be super restrictive over with our plans or anything. We're not we're not going to put you on a 1,200 calorie diet with no carbs where you you can't eat out or anything. We're we're working with you where you're at to address those habits to then make lifestyle changes. And we've probably said that many times now, but it's true. And, and we want you guys to understand that because we're here for the long haul. We know life happens and we want you to enjoy all of the things that you enjoy doing, but doing it in a healthful way. So let's kind of wrap up and go over some concluding remarks. Um, with social eating, don't think you've ruined your progress just because you overindulged one time. I cannot stress that enough. It's so easy to get back on track by reevaluating your goals and keep going. If you are eating at a restaurant, establish a plan, be mindful, and strategize to set yourself up for success. If you do find yourself surrounding yourself with friends and family that do like to be social in restaurants, try and encourage them to be social without always involving food. You can be social without eating. We just gave you some ideas. And if you have people that really enjoy the restaurant setting, use those tips that we gave you. And then also you can resonate with people and be like, hey, you know, I I have these goals that I'm trying to achieve. I feel like this is something that really encourages not great habits for me. You know, just tell them where you're at and explain what your goals are and sometimes that helps too because your friends and family care about you they they may be more apt to make changes in in terms of what y'all do together if you explain that and then lastly we didn't talk about healthful options to choose for eating out and we're going to cover that in a different podcast so stay tuned for that we want you guys to have some ideas generating in your brain when you do go out in terms of what can i choose so that concludes the psychology behind social eating. If you have questions or you feel like you're someone that does struggle with social eating, feel free to reach out to us and we can help you with that. Otherwise, we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye.